strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. So hi and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. I'm John. And today's episode is about the strangest Christmas traditions around the world. Robin's Fun Facts, Christmas edition. <laughs> I don't know, it just, it sounds like that's where we're going so with this. So the holiday called Christmas is an arrangement of many winter holidays from around the world. The name is designed as a celebration of the birth of Jesus, although the date is not recorded in the Bible, and people at that time did not place particular importance on birth dates. Scientists say that the actual date was actually June 17th, 2 BC, because of the appearance of the star that beckoned the Magi. December 25th was a set as the date for Christmas in the 4th century by Pope Julius I as an attempt to Christianize midwinter pagan holidays such as solstice and Saturnalia. Customs such as bringing evergreens inside, eating fat-laden foods, and hanging lights as a universal response to the cold, dark winter season. Some of the stranger Christmas traditions are remnants of those older pagan holidays, and some have been changed over the centuries until their origins are hard to discern. Others were just made to boost business. So let's get down to it. I'm sorry, hold on. <laughs> I'm so confused. So Jesus was born until 2? BC? Yeah. No. <laughs> Scientists say that... <laughs> The name is designed to celebrate the birth of Jesus, although the date is not right, recorded right. in the Bible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got that bit. Got that bit. Scientists say that the actual date was June 17th, 2 BC, because of the appearance of the star that beckoned the Magi. Right, because they speak about a specific star mm -hmm. that caused the, you know, Magi, gifts of the Magi, the mm -hmm. frankincense and myrrh and such. <laughs> Yeah, right? December 25th was not a set date until oh, so the 4th century by so Pope Julius. Me neither. Bad. I'm like, I'm reading this. I'm like, yeah, this all seems cool. I've gone to church and I'm still so bad at Christianity. But I have not gone to church. <laughs> 2 BC. That's crazy. But I mean, it's not that crazy because I mean, I guess if you consider you're talking about millennia ago. Yes. It, to be off by a couple of years, yeah. not a big deal. It's to be off by deal. a season, not a big deal. And I do understand that the holiday is actually put in place to stop the to pagan rituals the midwinter pagan holidays yeah man solstice and winter Saturnalia. solstice winter solstice so there are some um really cool but oddly bizarre traditions maybe all around the world and i love them all maybe not bizarre but different i'm gonna say bizarre than our bullshit corporate holiday <laughs> I'm going to say bizarre because I find a fascination in everything that's bizarre. So if it's called bizarre, I'm going to like it. Yeah, but we say, yeah, when we say bizarre, we say that's that's it's fantastic. Pretty, it's pretty freaking cool. Not bizarre as in we think that the people who are celebrating or doing these things are wrong in Absolutely any way. Absolutely not. No, right. no, no. Absolutely not. We are not um, the target audience for normal if i say bizarre it, it's it's a compliment so this is christmas the first one is i mean known by many but also could not be known is krampus krampus i've i <laughs> i only know about this krampus because of our friend george me too i looked into it and so saint nicholas father christmas or santa claus is the weirdest christmas tradition ever 
but he is so well known and so well documented that his origins are beyond the scope of his particular post. As a tool to encourage good behavior in children, Santa serves as pretty much the carrot and Krampus is the stick. Hi everybody, I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Trying like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. <laughs> Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. Krampus is the evil demon anti-Santa, or maybe his evil twin. Some people know him as. So Krampus Night is celebrated on December 5th, the eve of St. Nicholas Day in Austria and other parts of Europe. People dress as Krampus and roam the streets looking for someone to beat with a stick. Since it is also a night for drinking, the beatings probably don't hurt so much. <laughs> the bruises will the next day. <laughs> but probably some people won't remember how they got those bruises. I'm telling you, that is story of my life. Ugh, every day. You know, you're like, what the fuck happened mm-hmm. here? Yep. So the, the, uh, This is why people hate the podcast, because we can't stop saying fuck. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> These foul mouth hooligan ladies. So sorry. So the next one is Cachetillo. In English, Cachetillo is the poopin log. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Catalan custom is still ce- celebrated in Spain, where you buy your own El Cachetillo, the log that is hollowed out with legs and a face added. You must feed him every day beginning on December 8th. On Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, you put him in the fireplace and beat him with sticks until he poops out small candies, fruits, and nuts. When he is through, the final object dropped is a salt herring, a garlic bulb, or an onion. And there's also a song. So the Are song... Are you going to sing it for no, no, us? No, no, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to word it. I'm not going to sing it. Oh. So... If you don't think we're going to Google this song right now, <laughs> that is... You have never heard this podcast. Boop log. Oh no, wait. Boop log. Here we go. Cagatio, cagatoro, te vayas do peño, non cagues arengades, que son más asalades. Cagatoro, que son mes pons. Cagatio, cagatoro, si no donare un cop to pesto. So that was the Cajetillo <laughs> song, which, um, you're welcome. <clears throat> I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what that means in English, because it seemed pretty amazing. And oh, no, what have I done? It was poop log. 
poop tehran made from almonds and pine nuts, don't poop sardines. They are too salty. Poop tehran, they are better. Poop log, poop tehran. If you don't poop, I will hit you with a stick. That's that's the song. By the way, tehran is a southern European nougat confection made of honey, sugar, and egg whites. So clearly that is tastier than sardines. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably. It's probably tastier than sardines. Anyway, what is happening? So the next one is another Catalonian tradition is called Cogner, a Christmas statue found in nativity scenes of Andorra and parts of Spain, Italy, and Portugal. The scenes depict the entire town of Bethlehem, and the Cogner is usually tucked away in a corner far from Mary and Joseph. The cogner needs privacy because he is defecating. What is with the Spanish Christmas pooping? There are quite a few explanations for this custom, but none of them have been confirmed as the original source. Cogners have been used for at least a couple hundred years, and you can even buy cogners resemble the modern day celebrations. But it's normally a little figurine in the corner of all nativity scenes that is pooping. Pants down, squatting. Squat a potty kind of thing. So the next thing is the pickle ornament. The pickle ornament. Everyone, Mary Beth. Everyone sees the pickle cor- uh, ornament, but no one really actually knows the genre of it. Our lovely friend Mary Beth so is a big giver of the pickle ornament. I have folks. one. I have a pickle ornament. Did she give it to you? No. Are you sure? Yeah. So the story goes that when German families decorate the Christmas tree, the last ornament to be hung is the Christmas pickle, usually a blown glass ornament that may have been passed down through generations. It is tucked away in a hard-to-see spot. It is green, after all, because it's a pickle. But the first (laughs) child who finds the pickle on Christmas morning gets a special gift, and good luck all next year. The trouble with this legend is that people were unfamiliar with it. Glass tree ornaments were indeed made in Germany in the shape of fruits and vegetables and other objects. These ornaments became very popular in America when F.W. Woolworth began importing them in the 1880s. An old German legend no doubt helped to sell more glass ornaments. But they had no idea what the tradition actually started. Well, yeah, it's a cute tradition to, like, put it and hide it in a tree for a kid on Christmas morning. Absolutely. If you had, like, a mess of kids and you'd be like, whoever finds it gets, like, a thing. Or whoever finds a pickle gets, like, gets to pick first. Or some type of tradition. Yeah, Right. Well, that's the whole thing. It's it's all about... The traditions you make. Exactly. The next one, I hope that a lot of my friends have this kind of tradition because it seems kind of awesome, is the Kentucky Fried Chicken tradition. I don't have it, but I think I should. (laughs) So the celebration of Christmas in Asia usually involves imported Western traditions. But in Japan, those traditions have been shaped by commercial interests. The holiday places special emphasis on romantic love, so it's a day to spend with a sweetheart or a spouse. Bakeries sell Christmas cakes as traditional sweetheart treats, and you might have actually made some reservations to get a table at KFC. Yes, Kentucky Fried Chicken. So uh, supposedly a Western tourist found himself in Japan with nothing to eat on Christmas except for KFC. He mentioned this to an employee who mentioned it to a manager. And eventually the message was passed up high enough that KFC Japan decided to capitalize on the marketing opportunity. The fried chicken joint now heavily advertised KFC as a primary feature of Christmas meal. It is now so popular that lines form 
from different locations, and at that point, they ask customers to pre-order their buckets. All right, so next one is Zwart Peit, or Black Peter, is Santa's helper in, in the Netherlands. Santa Claus arrives on the eve of St. Nicholas Day in a steamship with his slave, Zwart Piet, portrayed in public procession in several cities. I'm sorry. There's a man who's showing up with his slave on a ship? Mm-hmm. It seems like a bad scene. So since about 1850, children who don't believe during the year were told that the Black Peter might take them back to Spain. Does this feel? Central class lives. Does this feel feel racist to me? (laughs) The racist aspects of the custom have been downplayed in recent decades, and the tale of the Black Peter now describes him as a chimney sweep instead of a slave, which explains the black face. I'm sorry, he's a chimney sweep. (laughs) He's not going to take you to Spain. I just love how, like, the Swedish, like, Netherlands-like folk are like, you know where it's terrible? Spain. So the next one is the TV Yolog. So the Yolog is a tradition that dates back hundreds of years. The Yolog on TV is relatively new tradition for those who have no fireplace to burn their own log. WPIX in New York has broadcast 24 hours of a burning fireplace on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day since 1966. Wow, since 1966? Mm-hmm. The original film was shot at Greasy Mansion, but a carpet fire during the first filming made Shut a major <laughs> reshoot of a few years later, so Lube seemed now was filmed in California. <laughs> Another one is found in Newfoundland, and it's called Mummering. So, in Newfoundland, families or groups of friends will don masks and go out visiting various homes. Though they may seem frightening to us, the masks are part of the carolers' traditional wear. Once inside, the mummers will perform songs, short plays, or jokes in exchange for the host's hospitality. Uh, So, basically, it's It's a carolers during Christmas that mummify their face. They wear mummy faces? They wear long sheets of cloth over their face to mummify them. And when they sing, it's mummified. So so it's it's carol singing, and they go from house to house. So like, exactly. Yeah, with, with, with these things, with these masks over their face. Huh. Yeah. So this one also I kind of like that one. It's kind of like Halloween and Christmas had a baby. <laughs> so in Portugal, casual dining with the ghost of your dead relatives. Ooh. I'm sorry. So Portuguese household also set a few extra plates around the table on Christmas Day so that the spirits of the dead can join them for the annual feast. The more the merrier. They make extra food for the spirits to take with them so they have a successful year. Well, you know what? Good for them. Good for you. So there is um, a little tradition in Italy, and it is the Italian Christmas witch, La Bifana. Yes. In Italy, this popular legend says that the three wise men visited his old lady when searching for Jesus. She was kind and hospitable and gave them many gifts. They invited her to join them on the search for the babe. She declined, but later regretted her decision and set off on her own to give the child a gift. Now, La Bifana flies throughout the world on a broom with, gl- with gifts for all children. Instead of milk and cookies, the children leave her a nice glass of wine and some local food. So, she's me. 
knee on a broomstick. It's like Christmas and Halloween had a baby. So your crane, spider webs, might seem more suitable for Halloween than Christmas. I love how so many of these are a mix of Halloween and Christmas. But the reason Ukrainians do this is actually beautiful because Ukrainians tell the story of an old widow who was too poor to buy a Christmas tray. Her family instead tended to a pine cone with such tenderness that it eventually began to grow into a tree. Yet the widow still had nothing to decorate the tree with. This caused her great grief and a spider overheard the crying widow and overnight decorated the tree with a beautiful web. That is, that is a tradition. So modern Ukrainians now place a web on their tree to remind themselves to be grateful for what they have. This is my favorite one. That's Decor- the one I like. Decorate your tree with a spider web. All right, so in Slovakia, a poppy seed and honey bread pudding is the traditional Christmas dish in the Slavic areas of Europe. At the end of the meal... The patriarch of the family will take a spoonful of pudding and fling it toward the ceiling. The more the pudding sticks to the ceiling, the better the harvest will be the following year. And a ceiling covered in pudding is a sign for a bountiful year. So, I mean, like, essentially, like, if you just put extra cornstarch in your pudding, then you're going to, like, have a better I mean, year. I mean, I'm sure that's what the women know and the men don't. I know. Secrets. I know. Secrets. Baking secrets. So those are the history secrets. craziest Christmas traditions throughout the world. Just another notorious narrative. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Have a show idea? Send it on over to us along with any questions, comments, or corrections to NotoriousNarratives at gmail.com. You can follow us on our Instagram at NotoriousNarratives and Twitter at NotoriousTales. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Every review helps other listeners to find us. Thanks so much.